Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things in life. Welcome to episode 26 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. Jeez! If you guys like that song, you, which I personally... Love it. I feel hyped up for mm. the rest of the episode. Like, the I hope you guys energy. are Unreal. energy as much as we are. It's crazy. <laughs> so check out Lemon Lord on like literally anywhere you can find her because that was so awesome. You can also follow her on Instagram at I am Lemon Lord. And that's just like spelt out. I am Lemon Lord. I'm sure you can, you can, you got this. Stream the new album, Be Blonde. Click on the link in the description. Just do it all. Make sure you download the song, drop her a follow because this shit was, it goes so hard, bro. <laughs> so thank you so much to Levin Lord for, for the song. We love it. We, we it's love a vibe. It. It's my new morning vibe. So thank Hell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Lydia. And this week I'm living in an old person's home. What? what? It sounds like my dream. <laughs> that's honestly great (laughs) and i'm courtney and this week i overshared in a job interview oh i love that for you (laughs) it's great it happens what did you share do you want to overshare on the podcast as well yeah that's yeah i mean i didn't feel like i was oversharing until the end of the job interview and she made a comment and i was like I think I told her too much because Uh they were like asking me why I wanted the job. And obviously, like, you have to lie. You know, we've talked about this. (laughs) You just have to pretend that you like love, love life, love things, love working. So I was talking about how like, I guess, you know, it's been the pandemic and I just moved to Victoria and I've been like working remote, but I'm just like missing being around people and I'm used to like working in the retail environment. So I just want to be around people again and like have that Love social that. time. Right. Wow. And that's then, amazing. Good yeah. Right. Ugh. Anyways, um, <laughs> at the end of the interview, she was like, all right, like, we'll let you know. We'll give you a call back. Um, and I was like, OK, thanks. It's great. It was great to meet you. And then I'm standing up to leave and she goes, I hope you find some friends. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Thanks. <laughs> it was so was awkward. So I didn't think I'm that sorry. I had shared, but then she said that. And I was like, I told her way too much. <laughs> Clearly. I didn't think that that's, what I, that's what I was saying when I gave that answer. But apparently yeah. that's how it was interpreted. So I just, oh it was my so God. awkward. 
I don't. I think she. I hope she feels awkward about that too. Can Me you too. imagine saying that to someone? Bye. Hope you find friends. It was like <laughs> she said it in a nice way. It wasn't like a yeah bitchy yeah. way, but it was still just like such an awkward situation. And there was like two people interviewing me, so there was another guy there, and he oh, was just God. like. <laughs> Uh, uh, it was so after you left she, he was probably like why did you say that she's not gonna accept the job now she thinks we're weirdos uh, it was weird it was uh, weird that sucks strange but i did get the job oversharing and... and job interviews that's the thing about oversharing is that i think it kind of makes you very memorable because i overshared in a job interview as well that i now work at and i think that first there interview like that's what they remember me for like maybe they just felt <laughs> bad for me maybe they're like you know what this girl has no friends oh. we gotta give her the job Oh, Gotta get her out of the house. That might have been it, but Aww. honestly, it worked. It worked. <laughs> so I love that. You go, so, everyone. like, whenever you go into a job interview, just try to get them to pity you enough mm-hmm. <laughs> for being subtly, a loser. Subtly. Don't just be like, yeah, oh, like my a- life is so bad, but just, like, mm-hmm. subtly You're imply. You're like a cool, a cool loser, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not, like, a loser who is a loser. You're, like, a you really cool loser. You know what cool I feel loser. like it might be, too, is that, like... It kind of goes with the whole you're in the job for more than just money thing. And I feel oh, like employers really like true. that. So if yeah. you can work that into your job interview, too. Yeah. They yeah, love yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, Even yeah, though I don't think I'm going to make friends at this job. This is not where I'm looking for friends. But that's okay. <laughs> you might. You never Maybe. know. Maybe. You never. Yeah, you might. Who knows? As, at the job that you applied for, um, my friend works there, too. And like... She, a lot of people there are in like relationships with other people who work at the place so it's definitely a place you can make friends and connections <laughs> be able to do it leads to a lot of drama i will heed you on that mm. but like still it's definitely a place where you can like spice. go in the back room and like talk and like laugh and like joke and like get close to someone maybe <laughs> oh uh-oh <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, Maybe. congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. We're happy for you. Thanks. What about you? How's how's uh, life with the mm. old people? Life with the old people is super chill. I mean, like, I think sometimes when I, like, go down and I try to, like, say hi to, like, some of the old people, I think the mask is really holding me back because I'll say good morning to people and they will flat out ignore me. And I don't mm. think they're being rude. I think they just didn't hear me. Yeah. <laughs> that could be That could be it. <laughs> and i'm like oh like hopefully they don't think i'm a bitch now because i'm not like saying hi to everybody and Mm. yeah i mean my grandma um like when she left to go to the cottage she was like oh i'm so excited for you to be here this place needs some young people you need to spruce it up blah 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 you need to make some friends i was like oh my god grandma like i'm not gonna be a social butterfly here like (laughs) i'm not allowed to like interact with people because i only have one vaccine and like Mm. i haven't gotten tested so i have to pretty much like quarantine in the room the entire time but like it's fine my meals are delivered (laughs) your meals are delivered (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i know i know and my grandma's like i'm paying for it anyways just like stay i was like okay no problem so like at 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock, I get lunch and dinner. And then my breakfast is, like, oh, it, like, came in a little bag. It's, like, I don't know, whatever. Breakfast. And, yeah. It's so chill. good. It's nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I get to hang out with her cat, which is the whole reason I'm here. They wouldn't Sounds have let like me in dream. unless we, like, told them that the cat had a disability. So now i'm like apparently taking care of like a disabled cat when really the cat's just fucking chilling <laughs> my grandma didn't want to leave oh, it no. alone 
Yeah, so now they think that she has a disabled cat. (laughs) That poor cat. People are going to be like, hey, buddy. Hey. Okay. The cat's like, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. It sounds like you're living the life. I am. Old people are literally my favorite. Yeah, they're great. I love them so much. I love them more than all the other people. They're so cute. Oh, that's so sweet. I have this old lady that on the mornings that I run, she waves Mm -hmm. at me every morning. She sits in her little armchair by the window, and every morning we wave at each other. Oh, my God. It's really cute. cute. And it makes my day. And she, like, gets the biggest smile on her face and, like, (laughs) she's like, hey. Hey, girl. (laughs) That's honestly so cute. I love it when, um, like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but, like, when you're running and you see someone else who's running and you're like mm. you kind of like give each other like the running wave like hey you're running i'm running i mm-hmm. we see we see each other <laughs> you're we like, go. oh i know <laughs> i like in the club it's happened. like the running club. oh it's like fight club yeah well, it feels like a kind of we're a breaking squad. the first rule oh well yeah it's cool i do that to um Janaid because we run together but he runs much faster than me so oh yes yes, yes at the turnaround point <laughs> i'm still running towards it <laughs> We wave at each other. It's fun. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> okay, everyone, uh, welcome back to the way that things normally are. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you so much, Courtney, Lydia's for back. taking over last week. That Thank was you, Lydia, for coming back. Everything. Oh, man, I missed you. That was so funny, though. Honestly, oh, I loved thanks. it. Maybe I'll leave again just so I could listen it to you do really it hard. by yourself. <laughs> Stop. I've never felt so uncomfortable just talking to myself. And there was no one to react to any. I was like... <laughs> all right that was that <laughs> yep anyways moving on, moving on. <laughs> so the poll for this week was about a my little pony friendship is magic and van life let's get into it the first one was are you slash were you a fan of my little pony friendship is magic 27 percent of you said yes you are fans Aww. of my little pony friendship is magic or when were. i said that if you watched the show and you liked it then yes you are a fan i included myself in that i did vote for yes since i watched it and I liked it. I didn't go to any of the conventions or anything, but it was a good time. But yeah, 27%. That's cool. Um, and then the next question was, have you ever been attracted to a cartoon or anime character? And I had to include Inuyasha. And <laughs> it was in the picture. So obviously I answered yes to that. But it's 50-50. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's I good. thought it was going to be lower. Like I thought a lot less people would be like, yeah, a fucks with anime or something like that. But, but I, it's actually I, like I feel like a lot of people in their like not their childhood, but in their younger years when they were watching like cartoons might have had like a crush on a cartoon character. Oh, true. So that that's could a be really, that's really strong from. point. Yeah, yeah. People are like obsessed with like the girl bugs bunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. And then the next question was, have you ever been to BronyCon? And unfortunately, it's 100% Damn no it. on that one. I know. That Damn, would have been so, I was so fucking sick. so excited for some uh, Hopefully, you guys didn't just get shy and decide. on here. Yes, please. That would be so brony. fun. That would make my whole day. I want to hear about Brody Con firsthand so badly. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the fan life. Next, we got Do You Want to Live That Hashtag Fan Life? 50 50. And you know what? I had the entire opinion about how van life is a cry for help, but I said yes. I would like to. <laughs> I would like to run away from my problems. 
I do think it's a cry for help, but I need help. <laughs> it is. I know. Right? I said no. I was like, mm. Because mm. I think I still kind of stick with what I said last week where, like, maybe I would live in a trailer. Not so much a van on the road type of situation, right? Or, like, an RV. So, the next question. Maybe something that's set up yeah. for living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, having to do the whole, like, converging thing and figuring it out. It just sounds like a lot of work to renovate a van, you know? Yeah. The next question was, do you or someone you know live the van life? 42% said yes. Oh. 58% said no. That's yeah. more than I thought. Same. <laughs> that's I a that lot of people. Anyone. That's cool. No, me neither. Yeah. That's really sick. And the last question was, do you think van life is a cry for help from society? <laughs> 73% of you <laughs> said, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. You can't deny it, guys. You just no, can't. No, you can't. You can't. Like, you have Why to say it. people wrote, living in a van? Yeah, exactly. I was like... No money, no job, no affordable housing. Economy sucks. Nine to five, the worst. But also, fun times. Drive always. Fans are cool. Live on beach. Live in parking lots. No home. Limited electrical and water. It still Survival sounds better mode. than the alternative. <laughs> that list still sounds better than you the nine to five. You had me at nine to five. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys so much for participating. Um, we had a lot of fun with the polls this week. Courtney set an amazing example for posting hella questions. So many questions. I'm so sorry. I apologize again. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, I'm on board. So um, yeah, tune in next week for another onslaught of questions. Maybe we'll do less. We'll see how it goes because I know a lot of you lost interest by the end of that. <laughs> but thank you so much for participating. Tune into our Instagram at very.unimportant.people next week on Wednesday, on Tuesday slash Wednesday. Oh my God. I almost did the Jenna Marbles Wednesday slash thursday um, we miss you jenna yeah we do for some more info we love interacting with you guys we love it when you guys comment on our stuff on our reels on our posts we love it when you respond to our stories and when you vote in our polls which is the easiest way to interact with us and you get and to be talked about on the podcast which is fun when you join our patreon we really enjoy that too the patreon you guys are missing out i'm not gonna lie the patreon is everything we have so many funny bloopers like if you think the reels are funny you will mm. die at the Patreon. It's so <laughs> worth every penny and it's super cheap. So, <laughs> so that makes it 10 times more worth it. So yeah, please go to our Patreon. It's linked in our link tree on our Instagram description. Very easy to find. Um, and they do accept PayPal. So looking forward to that. <laughs> see you guys next week. I mean, see you guys in one second. Oh yeah. Yeah. See you. See you in a second. <laughs> Bye. All right. Let's get it. Opinions. Slash topics. I don't have an opinion this oh, week. Yeah. I have a topic. I kind of have an opinion. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Every topic I mean, is an opinion because you present your I know, topic right? and then say. we form an opinion about the topic. Mm-hmm. So it's just instead of coming to the podcast with the opinion already formed, we're just creating it on the podcast. You're listening I like to that. the This process. is happening live, you guys. Live. <laughs> Heat of the moment. <laughs> Um, so I'm going first this week and my opinion this week is about the 40 hour work week. Um, you all know that I'm a little, little Marxist. I love, I love daddy Marx. (laughs) So, um, I'm talking about the 40 hour work week and why it's inappropriate for (laughs) the 2021 world. Um, (laughs) so Let's go into a little bit of a history first about the 40-hour work week so we can understand okay, where it came it. from, why it was designed, and why it's no longer applicable. Mm. So the before the 40-hour work week, 
um, which was popularized in the 1920s, people were working 80 to 100 hours a week. So they were working 10 to 12 hour days, Hmm. six days a week. The only day off they had was Sunday because, you know, it's the Lord's Day. For sure. For sure. Um, And so there was initial push in the 1860s and 1880s, and that push was for an eight-hour workday. So not to change the amount of days that you worked, but just to shorten the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and the idea behind this was that it would give you eight hours to work, eight hours to sleep, and eight hours for leisure. Because you can split 24 by eight equally. That's cool. I would love to have eight hours of leisure. I feel like I have a lot less. Me too. When I read this, I was like, it's definitely not that much, but I guess it is. Yeah, I guess so. Kind of feels like four hours of leisure, but I guess Mm. like if you count having to like get ready, wake up and like, yeah, get ready for Yeah, I don't really count that as leisure. leisure. (laughs) But okay. I guess when you're working like 12 hours a day, maybe it seems like leisure to have that time. Oh, for sure. I get the intention. There was good intentions behind it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and then President Ulysses S. Grant, which I don't recognize that name, so I don't know who that is, but a, like apparently a president in the States. Oh, um, maybe he was like one of those really short yeah, presidents. Yeah, that no one really cares about. <laughs> he just like didn't really do anything too notable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he issued the eight-hour workday for government employees and then kind of made a push and encouraged people in private sector jobs to do that as well. And in 1886, Illinois was the kind of like the first place to pass a law mandating <clears throat> a 40-hour work week. Um, but a lot of employers refused to comply with this. And this resulted mm. in a worker strike where a bomb killed 12 people. Oh and this my is God. known as the Haymarket Riot. And it's still observed oh. as a public holiday in a lot of countries on May 1st. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wait, did I miss this? Why did they oppose the eight-hour work, work day? workday? Because they wanted just like maximum productivity, right? They didn't want to shorten oh. the workday for people because employers said like no. Yeah, no, employers didn't want it. Employees wanted it, but employers okay. didn't want their oh factories God, to be running for rioted? less time or like to be closed <laughs> one day. Or and the people that rioted are the workers because the employers weren't complying with government oh, guidelines okay. and they were abusing their workers essentially. Yeah, that's what happened. for sure. And so finally, in the late 1920s, Henry Ford popularized the 40-hour work week. Yes, um, he did. So his research, in his research, he discovered that when he um, gave people an extra day off, so that was the weekend, mm-hmm. that productivity actually increased. So even that. though his employees were working 40 hours instead of 48, they were more productive in those hours. Um, and then in the 1940s, the 40-hour work week became the law in the U.S., and it happened in Ontario in 1944. So it was just 1940s Damn. is when it became a thing, this 40-hour work week. Yeah. So that's the history of it. Okay. That's interesting. That seems very late. I don't know why, but it just feels mm-hmm. like the 40s. Like, I feel like they should have had the 40-hour work week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just because we're, like, so used to it mm. that I'm like, what? It hasn't always been like this? <laughs> and it just feels like so much that I feel like, yeah. how was that the improvement, you know? I feel like we should oh, be freaking further than this at this point. But we're, yeah. not, we're still here at the 40-hour work week. Um, so I the, the biggest problem that I have with this is that the 40-hour work week was basically 
designed for people working physical labor in factories and manufacturing Mm -hmm. in the industrial era. So this meant that like this time that you were supposed to work during this day and this time that you were supposed to work during the week was designed for people doing physical manual labor, which isn't really the norm for most jobs today. The workday today hasn't been adjusted to the like mental limits that people have and the psychological limits that people have because I think that's mm-hmm. more relevant when you're working desk jobs in front of computers. Yeah. Also, technologies and methods have advanced so much since the I establishment of the 40-hour work week. You would think <laughs> that all that advancement in technology would mean that people could work less and technology could do more of the work. Right? Why is it that we're still as slow as we were when everything was paper? When people it's not have to that we're okay. push paper. It's not <laughs> that we're as slow. That's the thing. Like we've gotten progressively better, but like the culture around capitalism is that getting better. Like there's no there's no end. You know. True. It's just true. more productive and more productive and more productive. So even though we're oh able to be gosh. more productive with technology and technically people could work a lot less to be the same amount of productive as they used to be, that's not the norm anymore. And we we keep pushing for more productivity. Yeah. But like yeah. Enough is enough. I know. I should enjoy <laughs> my life more. Stop. Living twenty twenty one. I'm. We're very fortunate, very privileged to live in an advanced country with mm-hmm. lots of freedoms. I should be able to enjoy my life more. Than yeah, we do. Why, why are we working so much? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't get it. Like, because okay, here's another thing. I don't know if you're going to talk about this. Sorry, mm. sorry if I'm stealing a point away mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. But I think that since everything like this is mainly applying to desk jobs Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's all kind of can be transferred onto your home computer onto your phone onto whatever blah 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 so a lot of the time even when you're at home and you're enjoying your eight hour leisure you're actually still answering emails scheduling calls scheduling this scheduling that like you're actually working more and i feel like if we were to cut back the work day to not mandatory eight hours but to maybe mandatory like five hours or six hours then you would eventually make up for those eight hours with the amount of time that you're spending at home still in your work mindset like i don't know about you guys but sometimes i go to sleep thinking about work (laughs) i'm like this is what i need to get done tomorrow (laughs) it's not like when you're not working you're not working you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're still kind of in that mindset yeah i had I had a stat here, but you're totally right. It's people are now with technology, people are working more. And I think it was like an average of people work about seven hours more than they're actually supposed to be working because they're like answering emails and taking phone calls and scheduling meetings from home. Yeah. But like the big problem with this is not just that you're working from home and you're working more than the 40 hours, but that there's like a limit to the 40 hours and if you work over that you're supposed to get overtime pay and that's supposed to incentivize employers not to overschedule their employees but if you're working from home just answering an email here and there you're not actually getting paid for that overtime so you're actually like just putting dollars into your employer's (laughs) pocket like they're just completely abusing you at that point and so there's Uh, yeah and it's I think, I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, hard to get approved for overtime. And especially if you've already done the work. If you're Mm -hmm. like, well, if you count everything that I've done this week, I've worked 44 hours. They're not going to be like, 
okay, here's four hours, time and a half. Like, they're going to be like, well, that was your prerogative. Like, I didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm here. I'm hired to work here. You're asking me to do a job. I should be getting paid. I, I feel you. So France actually um, made a law about that. So France made a law. I forget what year it was, but basically if your company has over 50 employees, you have to have legally mandated off-limits hours where you're not allowed to contact your employees and they cannot answer emails. Oh, I love that. To, like, actually <laughs> set boundaries because, like, there's no boundaries. Yeah, there Technology isn't. has there allowed us to have no boundaries. no boundaries. Oh, man, it's terrible. Work is not life. Work is not life. Work to live. Don't live to work. A hundred percent. I feel like part of the problem with that, too, is that, like, people are always working because they need to fill some sort of financial need. But as yeah. you make more money, capitalism sells you more expensive things. Yeah. Like, there's this, like, so rule true. of thumb that a certain percent of your income is supposed to determine how expensive the house is that you buy. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to, it's supposed to be a certain, but that's just putting people in, like, a perpetual state of financial need. So even if you're making, mm-hmm. like, 100K or over 100K a year, you still really have the same disposable income because everything you're spending money on is just more expensive, <laughs> if you know what expensive. I mean. Wow. Yeah, it's the same percentage yeah, of your income so on everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have more of it. And that's why everybody always wants more and feels like they need more. And We're just being pushed line. into, like, making more money so we can get more expensive things. Exactly. Like we need it. And then you buy like more expensive totally things good. and you need more money. And, yeah, and then you don't have the money. Man, that's crazy. I heard of this um, term a while back called living below your means. Mm-hmm. And it's just when you know, like, what your necessities are. And, like, you don't spend more than you need to. And yeah. you live, like, below what you're able to kind of spend money on. And that's how the rich stay rich, I guess. Like <laughs> Yeah, or just, like, maintain your lifestyle. So the way that I'm living yeah. now, obviously, I'm not getting paid any kind of great salary. But if I started <laughs> to get paid, like, a really good salary, if I just maintain the lifestyle that I have now, I could technically work part-time. I wouldn't even have yeah, to work full that's time. So true. And like, like actually enjoy my time and my life. In everyone's, yeah. And everyone's like, but you need these like, things. You need this house. You need this car. Have, yeah, literally. <laughs> but like, it's just not true. Like, as long as your car gets you from A to B, like, I get wanting to have nice things. But I don't know. I feel like social media has so much to do with this because living like a nice lifestyle, like, mm-hmm. honestly, when I see a nice car on the street, I'm not like, whoa, holy shit, I need to be rich in order to get that car. It's only really on social media yeah. that, like, I see these people having these, like, really, like, rich and seemingly fulfilling lives. Mm. I'm like, damn, I want that. And in order to have this super fulfilling life with all this amazing stuff, <laughs> I need <laughs> I need to, like, be making hella money and, like, I need to spend it all in order to be happy. <laughs> but we don't. No. Yeah. Damn. Also. It's hard, though, because yeah. also one go quick ahead. no go ahead yeah i have this issue where once i get money like since i started working you just recently, start spending right i'm like hell yeah <laughs> i do go. the same thing Let's... oh it's so bad <laughs> when i'm not working this? i'm like so frugal and so good at it but then it's like the second like i get work i'm like oh yeah there's all these things that i didn't buy when i wasn't working that like i want and then you're right back to having like you said the exact same amount of disposable income as you did before because you just spent it all on freaking nike a hundred percent that's how they get you 
Ugh, it's a trap. It's a trap. Um, so another issue with the 40-hour work week is that it was created for single-income households. So the 40-hour work week was designed and based off of the fact that there was an assumption that there was somebody at home doing everything oh. that needed to be done at home. And the 40-hour work week was supposed to be enough to support oh. two people. So that means there was somebody working 40 hours at work for pay. And there was somebody in the house also working 40 hours, doing raising children, doing food prep, cleaning, running errands, and doing other chores. Okay. But now... Gotcha. So this is how the leisure time actually came mm-hmm. into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Because they didn't have to do any of the home they chores. Did, yeah. And the people that were doing the home chores, traditionally women who were staying at home, they also still had leisure time because they weren't also working a 40-hour job, right? They had to oh do one Bring or the other. <laughs> I'm great. I don't <laughs> know what it's been, but this opinion. month I've been like, did feminism do us wrong? Like, it might have. I don't really want to work. <laughs> Why did we do that? I'm okay. I'll stay at home. I'll stay at home. Yeah, it's okay. I stay at home. We can just. <laughs> Back. Oh man, I love staying at home. I love brunch with the gals. Me too. Me too. Like I don't know. I'll Just cook if it thing. means that I can stay home all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's bring back that lifestyle, please. <laughs> yeah, but it's created a huge issue because now a single income isn't usually enough to support a family. Yeah. So most households now are dual income households, which means. Both people are working 40 hours and they still somehow have to find all the time to do all the things that were done before in their week. So they're probably working a lot more than 40 hours, just not all of the work is paid. Yeah. So that's a big issue. That's such bullshit. I know. It's like you spend your entire life working at that Mm -hmm. point. Like, Mm -hmm. I know, like, technically we don't need to count, like, doing the laundry and making your bed. It's unpaid labor, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still work. It's still Mm -hmm. not (laughs) enjoying your time. As much as, like, I like to, like, get new sheets and, like, sometimes I like to do my makeup, it's still not, like, Mm -hmm. it's still, I'm doing it because, like, I have to. You know what I mean? It's still a job. And, yeah, and it's still essential to functioning normal life in society. Yeah. And it's essential for maintaining a household. It's just, it's essential stuff. And it's stuff that traditionally has fallen on women and still does fall on women in a lot of cases, even though women are now working 40-hour work weeks and still expected to do all these things. Damn. So there's a little bit of a problem with that. Oh, man, this is tough. Like, I love you, feminism, but I do not dream of labor. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. (laughs) And I feel like we can still have equal rights and just have a better world for everyone where everyone doesn't have to work a 40-hour work week yeah other things are important too hours work isn't the most important thing there's so many other things to life yeah so (laughs) there's also a lot of research about whether 40 hours is actually even effective does it do anything Ooh, that's a good one Mm. yeah so there's a couple of surveys um, in one survey at from at task, people uh, they found that people only spend about forty five percent of their time while they're at work doing primary job duties. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, I totally see that. I totally see that. Yeah, like they a spend... lot of your work time is low key, like 
chill time. You're like, ah, I'm on the, I'm on someone else's bill right now. Okay, and this is this is one of the problems with, like, the way that we structure work is that you're almost punished for productivity because if I go to work and somebody gives me a job, and I finish it in an hour, they're gonna come and get mad at me if I'm doing something different. But if I pretend to do the job slowly or I purposely do the job slower Mm -hmm. to fill the time, I'm (laughs) rewarded. Oh my God. That's so weird. And with hourly pay, if I do the job in an hour and then I get to go home, I'm only getting paid for an hour. But if I just purposely do it slowly and drag it out for eight hours, I get paid eight hours. So you're being punished for doing a job well. You're like being forced to stay at your work to just for sit there for no reason. To. Wow. And then what if you go on like your phone or like you're on the internet because yeah. you finished your job, they're like, "What are you doing?" I finished the task that you gave me. Yeah, but I'm still. I on guess the clock. I'll pretend to do it slowly next time. Hmm. We should all get salaries instead of this hourly wage mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that you should get paid for like the value of your work and not for your time you know yeah yeah you should get paid for the tasks 100%. that you do um do, do, do. and there's a lot of research that shows that working more than eight hours or more than the 40 hour week is bad so they've done a lot of studies that <clears throat> people who routinely work 10 hour days or work over 40 hour weeks there's a decline in productivity health and more mistakes are made while on the job which I find a little scary because one of the highest professions with long work days are healthcare workers, <laughs> yeah, doctors and nurses. So that's they work a little for like scary. Twelve hours. Yeah, maybe we should shorten their shifts a little. I, mm. I don't want to. Why do they work so long? Well, like, why do their shifts have to be that long? Like, I don't for know. Real? Hmm. I, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of like arguments about residency in medicine and how it's like essential to be immersed in medicine while you're learning which yeah, i kind of understand but sense. i feel like once you're done like you don't you don't need to we don't need to do that to them i want my doctor to be like alert <laughs> yeah, on, on their too. game healthy mm-hmm. happy especially when it's like i feel your tired from your working life. after four hours like yeah <laughs> 12 hour shift <laughs> on your feet the entire time having to constantly think about science it just sounds exhausting yeah damn they got it the worst dude they actually do <laughs> i i kind of feel bad for doctors because they Me dedicate too. so much of their life and go into so much debt to yeah make like four hundred thousand dollars a year but then they have no weekends no holidays off they work yeah, 10 12 hour days they have no time to be with their families how do they even spend oh their money so that they can, like, drive a Tesla to work every day? Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for yeah. that. It's, like, the one luxury they can afford. And, like, it's not even, like, you need nice clothes. You just mm-hmm. need more scrubs. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you. Shout out to the doctors and the Shout essential the uh, healthcare providers <laughs> out there. You're doing God's work for real. And you yeah. got shafted. Like, low key Yeah, but please you... also get sleep before you treat patients because <laughs> oh, yes, it makes me nervous. Seriously. Makes me very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development found that working more actually doesn't yield in higher productivity. And they found that countries with the highest average um, working hours were some of the least productive. <laughs> oh, 
interesting. How do you like them apples, Murka? Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Murka. Murka. I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because you feel the pressure to do more work more quickly. That's one of the theories behind it. (laughs) Yeah, really? Is that people know that they don't have the extra day, so they actually maximize the time that they're there. Yeah, I would. I would be like, holy shit, I got to get it done. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes a little bit of pressure is good. (laughs) And yeah, if we're spending so much of our days doing like useless stuff, 60% of our day doing something that's not the primary duty, if you could just take out the 60%, do the 40%, you would have so much more leisure time. Time to do the things that you need to do at home. Time to like have fun, see friends. Oh my God. Enjoy the morale at work is probably so low because it's like everyone knows they're lying about how much yeah. work they're actually doing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, you're doing work. Like, I see. I see. Get that bottle of vodka from uh, under out from underneath your desk, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Le- Luxembourg was the most productive country and their average work week was about 29 hours. Oh, cool. Yeah. And in a 2020 survey, 53% of Canadians believe that shortening the work week even further to 30 hours would be a good idea. So there's a lot of Canadians behind it. And Canadians also, there was like an idea behind it that it would help reduce unemployment because if everybody was only working 30 hours, companies would be able to hire more people. And people could also spend more time with family and friends. It's a win-win. I mean, you might lose a bit of income potentially, but... I don't really know how that all worked right. out. I feel like companies could still keep <laughs> paying their employees. Well, in my opinion. Like yeah, that's work. true. I guess you would be losing a little bit of income. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the 40-hour work. That's for the governments to figure out how that's going to That's for them work, to okay? figure out how we they're going to support us. so many problems, Come on. Guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> Economics just isn't one of them. <laughs> Honestly, though, if your employees are still being equally as productive... And getting the same work done, they should not get a cut to their pay if they're working less hours. Yeah, that's true. Because your company should technically be even more productive as yeah. a result, meaning more yeah. money for you. Yeah, if you're not losing income, you, yeah, you, yeah, hundred percent. Love that, hundred percent. Boom, economics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I looked on Reddit for a couple of opinions, and I just uh, picked out two that really uh, resonated with me. <laughs> so one person said that working forty hours a week. Um, it doesn't matter because that working 40 hours a week it doesn't matter that you'll have money because you have no time or energy to pursue anything you love outside of work For which we just sure. talked about I completely yeah and I then they agree. also talked about how being passionate about your jobs and feeling like you're making a difference is a ploy to get people to dedicate their lives to oh a nine to God. five for not enough money yes. <laughs> Shit! Oh, they went there. Hmm. They went there. Oh my god! I feel that Dude, so hard. Oh, that's so mind blowing because like for They're so brainwashing long no. in our lives, it's always what do you want to be when you grow up? Do something you love so that you never work a Find day in your, your life. Passion. Oh my god, dude! I've been stuck on this like passion thing for literally me like too. eight years now. Me too. Like, it's so hard. work doesn't bring it's me. So pa- hard. I'm not passionate about work. Not at all. I don't it's want hard to, to do it. That part of your brain where it's like I just work for money so I can live, so I can do yes, other things that I so actually enjoy that I am passionate about. Why do I have yeah. to be passionate about my job? I'm not. I'm not. It's just it's they they do that to make you feel okay about the fact that you're working 40 hours a week the fact that they're not paying you enough the fact that even though you make more money you still need to buy more bigger things because you love your job man that's so sad like 
I think so many people have trouble finding like a job path and a job career because of this idea that they're stuck they on finding something that they're about passionate it. about yeah. their true passion blah 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 like and it's just such a lie like you don't need to pick something you're mm-hmm. passionate about you could you just need to pick something that you can tolerate yeah like something that doesn't <laughs> I know make you want to die but- like, yes, but every single job, even a job you're passionate about, like you're gonna, gonna fucking suck. start to learn how to hate. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still gonna have bad days and like you're still gonna have this and that, but like you're gonna get burnt out. You're not gonna feel do like listen to our intro. <laughs> yeah. And I read a response to this comment and they were talking about how like even the stuff that brings them passion. So for example, like I enjoy crocheting. If I was forced to crochet for forty hours a week, I would hate it. So yeah, why are oh, we expected sure. to be passionate about the things that we do for work? Anything, if you were to force, be forced to do it for that much time, it's probably not going to be your passion. Yeah, it would turn into such a So chore. it might actually ruin your passion, getting a job yeah. in something that you're passionate about. Oh, hell Just yeah, Get something that you dude. can tolerate. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be passionate about your jobs. Yeah, that happened to a lot of people um, in theater. Like, when I was working in theater, it's, like, I would meet people who had been working in theater for, like, 10 or 15 years. And, like, Mm -hmm. for me, the magic of theater was still very much alive because I had been working in it for, like, six months. And I was, like, this is literally the greatest thing ever. Like, we're such a community. We, like, make such a beautiful thing out of nothing. And then it's, like, all gone in one night. And, like, wow, the story is so amazing. We're changing lives. But, like, the people who had been working for, like, eight years as technicians, they were, like, I hate my life. Stupid designer. Like... (laughs) This makes no sense. This is stupid. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm like, damn, dude, this is sad. Like, the magic mm-hmm. is so gone. And it's just expected <clears throat> almost um, that you lose, like, the magic of it. And you start to become jaded and, like, mm-hmm. kind of gruff with the job. People are like, yep, that's just what happens. But it's like, it, that's what hap- I don't know. I kind of hate that. <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens when you're forced to do something. Even if it's something that you're passionate about. If you're forced to do it, it's not going to be a passion for very mm-hmm, long. Mm-hmm. Part of the great things about passions is that you do them when you want to do them. Yeah, yeah. So I totally agree. Not everyone in theater is like that, by the way. Yeah. There's a lot of people who genuinely like are oh. very passionate still and love their jobs. Just wanted That's to good. clarify. <laughs> Just yeah, and I think there are people who like do it, <laughs> do like their jobs. But I think there's a lot more people who have like identity crises, like myself yeah, and like sure. you. Who yeah, I agree. I <laughs> because we can't find a job that we're passionate about. But like that's because it's right. kind of a lie, and you don't have to. Yeah, it's okay. Oh my god, it's, it's okay. still like I I know this but thing, but yeah. I'm still struggling with it yeah. like every day it's like oh passion but it's like it doesn't need to be passion like you just need to be yeah. okay at it mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to be able to do your or like be the best at it you know that's always what they tell you choose one thing and be amazing um and then i just have a couple of alternatives that i found online to the 40-hour work week um so the first one i thought was kind of interesting i thought that you would like it um <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like the, what's that sleeping thing that we did? Segmented Biphasic. Sleep, biphasic sleeping. It reminds me of that. So it's called body time. And it refers body to time. the art of scheduling your work days um, for the average mental and physical capacity. So it's understood by two main factors, which are light and genetics. So light determines your productivity, but genetics determines your light-based cycles. So some people are longer and some people are shorter. People with longer cycles are more likely to be more productive and active at night. People with shorter mm-hmm. cycles are more likely to be 
productive and active in the morning. So body time refers cool. to scheduling your work days with your body time. And I like that one very much. Okay. That's interesting. How would that work though? <laughs> like so, as a business. <laughs> so it works it works more with um like desk jobs and technical jobs, not so much with like retail right. or food service or manufacturing. Okay. Gotcha. Um but so it works it's also kind of called flex time. Flex time is another idea, mm-hmm. but you can do body time with flex time. So flex time okay. is letting employees design their own schedule. So they can start and end mm-hmm. whenever they want. They can work from home. They can work from the office as long as they're working the minimum and maximum amount of hours kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so it's more conductive to personal schedules and preferences. Again, more people. Some yeah. people can work in the morning. Some people can work in the evening. Um, it lets people spend more time with their kids and families. Yeah, definitely. I see people that. can carve time out of the days to do things for themselves, like go for a walk, go to the gym, grab mm-hmm. lunch with a friend, go to appointments, pick up their kids from school. Um, so you can just schedule, you know, as long as you're completing the eight hours, when does it, ma- why does it matter when the eight hours are, you know? Yeah. I can do four in the morning, four in the evening. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of nice. That's, yeah, that's very uh, reminiscent of the job that I currently have. That's very interesting. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's just like work whenever. <laughs> Um, another way to do it is the compressed work week. So in this one, you have four 10-hour days. Um, so this one still preserves the 40-hour work week, but you get a three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. There's less commute time. Um, but of course, 10-hour days are exhausting. We know that productivity goes down. Yeah. And it can be hard to have a life outside of work on the days that you do work. So yeah. alternatively, you can do the 32-hour work week. And now this cuts down on the hours. Um, but employers that have done this have seen great results. Mm. So. I believe it. Um, some people do a three-day weekend and then eight-hour work week for four days. And then some people do like six-day work days. There's different ways to uh, structure it. But one example of it doing really well was at Microsoft in Japan. They tried the 32-hour work week. And after one month, productivity went up by 40%. Oh, 40% shit. in one month by cutting down the amount of time that people worked. And the argument here That's is so that cool. we talked about this a minute ago was that employees managed their time better because they knew that they didn't have the extra day. So they were wow. more productive. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's very interesting. A small part of me is like concerned almost though, because I feel like, I think we talked about this during our biphasic sleeping thing where like in Japan, it's like, um, if you are seen sleeping, that's like as a sign as like you worked yourself to sleep. Yeah. So what concerns me about that is just like the productivity culture over there. Yeah. Where maybe like cutting down six hours was actually like a really stressful they were like oh no yeah 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 and like maybe they were only productive 40 percent more because they were just stressed out the entire time Mm. and like i had to like that's just like go crazy kind of thing i don't know know. it's a good point it's a fair point just a fault (laughs) but i mean the most productive country in the world is luxembourg who has a 20 hour 28 hour work week so yeah, there this is could just be also like my my capitalist brainwashing coming through. Where I'm like, I mean, no, it like it is enough time. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is a very, <laughs> it is a very good point as to why it could have gone up that much in Japan because forty percent is a lot for it to go up by. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there has been, there's been some studies where it's had no effect, hmm. and there's been some studies where it's had really good effects. Mm-hmm. But 
even no effect is a good effect because it means that people can work 32 hours That's instead of true. 40 and there's no <laughs> difference in productivity. That's a really so, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to work less too. I mean, I get it. I'd mm-hmm. be down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that that's it that's the opinion guys i, I those are the alternatives <laughs> i don't think the 40-hour work week is appropriate for the world that we live in today i think that we need to rethink it i think that a lot of people are frustrated and trapped in jobs and need more time just to be people yeah and there's a lot of other ways to do it and there's a lot of evidence saying that the other ways to do it could be equal to or better than the 40-hour work week I love that. I think that's great. Today's episode is brought to you by Amio. Amio is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Amio will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It has never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Amio saves saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Damn, this is this is good. This is good stuff. That's a win-win-win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amio wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to amio.com and use the code AMIO5, and that's O-M-I-O-5, at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omnio. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and condition may apply. <laughs> Ooh, terms and conditions. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Thanks, Amio. Thank you, Amio. Okay, guys. This week, um, I wanted to tackle a conspiracy theory. Yes. Um, so the theory this week is that the Titanic never sank what (laughs) dun 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 what happened to it okay so there's this whole theory that the titanic was actually switched with its sister ship called the olympic for the insurance money Uh, so a boat sank a boat boat did sink but it wasn't the titanic it was the olympic disguised and masquerading as the great titanic Pretty okay. crazy, right? So the Olympic and the Titanic are part of this group of three ships owned and made by this company called the White Star Line, mm-hmm. which was financially backed by this rich dude, J.P. Morgan. Remember that name because there's a part two of the conspiracy that he's going to be involved in. <laughs> remember that name from the movie. Yeah, right? But for the first part, like, he's just this, like, really rich dude. Like, he's done a lot of things. Mm. Um, and, like, during this time in, like, England and in the world, there was a ship war, almost like an arms race, where people wanted to make, like, the best ship. And people wanted to make the most money. And he invested in this ship business because he knew it was, like, an up-and-coming business. But I guess it turned out to be, like, way too much money for reasons that we will get into. <laughs> um, so there was, like, a lot of struggles and, like, delays. And it was just all around not good because it was impacting their reputation. Mm-hmm. And among the other ship companies, like they really wanted to have like a good healthy competition and be in the lead and be the best of the best. The best. 
Capitalism. So in 1911, yeah. exactly, dude. This is literally <laughs> capitalism. I think this is. Was this before the the 40 hour work week? Yeah, because the Titanic sank in 1912. <gasps> so at this point, I guess people were working grinding, like hours. grinding <laughs> yeah. on these fucking ships, bro. They were going hard. Also, quick side note: the Titanic. If you can help me visualize this, that would be great. So the Titanic okay. is 25 meters long. What is that <laughs> in it's only, relation it's 25 to the meters? real world? Yeah. Is, that's not that big, right? No, that's like the size. So an Olympic swimming pool is 50 meters. A normal swimming pool is 25. Like the one that you see if you go to the community center is 25. Uh, right. Oh, <laughs> got that so wrong okay good i was gonna be like it has to be bigger than a swimming pool <laughs> maybe like the hole maybe like width wise it was that, that big Sorry, okay guys okay the titanic or the olympic um was 269 meters <laughs> okay that makes a lot i was like 25 it went through the ocean i know right it doesn't seem like a lot wow the movie so really I was like, uh, yeah, exaggerated I exaggerated so in 1911, a year before the Titanic's trip, um, the other boat, the Olympic, was finished and it was set to work. So there was these three sister ships, like I was saying, right? The Titanic, the Olympic, and this other one, the something, something. Um, so <laughs> um, one day the Olympic was out and about and it crashed into another ship, the HMS Hawk. And it took really severe damage on the side of its body, on like the bottom part of the hull, above mm-hmm. and below the waterline. So the case went to court um, about like who was at fault for the shipwreck. And the Olympic, which is the White Star Line company, was said to be at fault, which was really terrible news for the company. Because at this point, they're shelling out millions of dollars, millions of pounds to build these epic fucking ships. They can't afford to lose money on a damaged ship that's just sitting in port. Mm-hmm. wasting their time wasting their money and now they're liable for both damages and the insurance company refused to pay out since there was permanent damage which would cause a list to port which is a nautical term for leaning to the right <laughs> isn't that what insurance is for and, though that they're supposed to cover damages what's the point yeah. of having insurance if they're like no it's too damaged <laughs> I, yeah, because I they were like, it. oh, it's permanently damaged. So no, I don't know. The insurance policy was supposed to pay out, um, I think, like $5 million or something like that. And in today's money, that's close to like $69 million. So I think the insurance was just doing whatever they could to be like, they oh, just well, like, that nah. was an accident. <laughs> I think ship insurance, too, is different than like car insurance because um, as we'll like see, they were trying mm-hmm. to cause an accident that like was seemingly not their fault. Like, if the ship was flooded, if the ship sank, Wait, is that the epi- <laughs> then the maybe they would get that- the money. <gasps> the ship was sunk on purpose. Yeah. So, um, at, that would be dark. when the I know, I know. So, yeah, it was crazy. So I know we we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, the moment that those two ships collided and the Olympic didn't sink. Um, that's where the White Star Line ships got their reputation for being unsinkable because mm. it made it back to port and it was totally fine. Well, it wasn't totally fine. It took a lot of damage, but it was like kind of okay. And 
it's kind of, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting fact because they actually tested this on a ship and, like, to say the boat is unsinkable, like, it actually is unsinkable. Like, mm-hmm. they, they crashed into another boat and the entire side was fucked up and it didn't sink. Um, so they tried to speed up the repair process of the Olympic by putting parts on it that were meant for the Titanic. And this was easy since the ships are nearly identical. And two weeks into being fixed, the Olympic's propeller broke. <laughs> And once again, had to be salvaged by taking parts from the Titanic. Mm. So at this point, like, they couldn't waste any more time. The Titanic was set to leave in a couple of days, but it was incomplete and most of its parts were used on the Olympic. So White Star Line refused to waste any more money and lose any more money on the ships. And the Titanic leaving port was famously delayed. Like, it took, um, I don't know, they had to, like, move the date. Um, so they swapped the ships. <laughs> okay, is go. this is this and fact or is this opinion? Do they have, like... Is this the conspiracy there is theory that proof. they... Okay. It's a conspiracy theory, but it's a damn good conspiracy theory. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the theory continues to say that they intended on some small accident happening so that they could get the insurance money on the ship. Um, the accident okay. wasn't meant to be like an intentional iceberg. Uh, people are saying that they obviously didn't mean to like kill like have all these people people. killed yeah like thousands of people they didn't obviously mean for this to happen the plan was to have the ship slowly fill with water allowing time for passengers to escape to rescue ships close by um evidence of this scheme was shown in the yeah what's up if in theory their plan was to sink the ship wouldn't have been a good idea to have enough lifeboats on board for everybody if they knew that they were going to use them if they didn't want to kill anyone. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a smart a smart move. I know. That would have been a really smart move. But the idea was that there was going to be, like, rescue ships around. And it would be sinking so slowly that mm. people could just, like, exit from the one ship to, like, to the other ship. So. Okay. Yeah. It kind of, like, um, moves forward in saying that the when the Titanic hit the iceberg... It wasn't actually an iceberg, but it was a ship with its lights off, which was supposed to be one of the rescue boats. And that's why they didn't see it for so long. And like they only saw it when it was super duper close because the boat was dark and it was black. And like it was in the middle of the night. It was like 130 in the morning when the ship sank, I think. Yeah. Um, So they didn't see it and they were like shit and they hit it by accident kind of thing. So it was supposed to be there waiting to be able to rescue other people. And that's when this smaller ship fired distress rockets to, like, try to signal the nearby ship, the Californian, which is famously known for ignoring the Titanic's distress calls and not coming for, like, six hours. (laughs) Yeah. So the theory is that the Californian wasn't coming because it wasn't expecting rockets to be fired. And also, they were firing the completely wrong rockets. Like, this kind of leads into another theory that it was purposefully done because they didn't have flares like distress signals on the ship they only had identifier rockets which are like a white Mm. like flare they didn't have like the red ones that signaled sos that's fishy so wait when (laughs) somebody eventually did arrive at the titanic there were Mm -hmm. two ships there because in theory if they had hit the other ship and it wasn't an iceberg it would mm-hmm. be there when everyone else showed up, right? 
Like it would have to show. have had some damage, especially a, if it was a smaller a ship. <laughs> like where did it go? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it sank. Like maybe it it also like had like I feel a bad like they would fate. Know that, it, though, because they've been down to see the Titanic when they have seen yeah that's true maybe they would find something else but the titanic has such like specific coordinates and it's like yeah that's true and i think it like kind of like yeah i don't think it's yeah, like right over yeah. to the side yeah so maybe they weren't looking for like a different ship and maybe they were only searching for the titanic and maybe that's why um that they don't have <laughs> any evidence that it was a boat <laughs> that there was just another boat there <laughs> yeah yeah but i think the californian part of the theory is kind of like kind of holds up a little mm-hmm. bit better because the it was around like it wasn't expecting these like distress signals to be fired they were expecting yeah. a rendezvous as they call it and that's kind of why everyone was like um people were like super confused about why the california didn't come and like this mm-hmm. part also kind of interested me because in my mind okay keep in mind that i'm not like a ship person i'm not like a sailor but something I think this is a very popular theory, which is, like, about the iceberg. Like, how did you not see it? (laughs) Like, I just don't really get how they didn't see it. And, like, I also don't really understand how it can make such a big impact on a steel ship. But also, I don't know a lot about icebergs. But I think a lot of other ships have sunk because of, like, Mm -hmm. because of icebergs. So, like, I'll I'll give them a little bit of, a little bit of leeway there. Um, From what I can remember from the movie, which I don't, obviously might not be the most accurate representation but it was a foggy night and yeah possibly i think they also weren't expecting icebergs in that area so people weren't really being that diligent and watching and also icebergs as i'm sure everyone knows are much bigger underneath the water than they are above the water so even if you see the iceberg above the water it's kind of hard to know how far it extends below the water because they did try to like steer the ship out of the way but mm-hmm. it hit like below the waterline. Yeah, yeah, and that's where it got fucked up. And mm-hmm. some people um, think that it got so fucked up because it was like a broken ship already, and so that's why it was so much easier for it to like come in contact with this like iceberg. Which uh, then again, icebergs are pretty aggressive, so <laughs> I'm sure any ship that came in contact with them would have gotten fucked up. But the idea mm-hmm. is that it was already damaged before, mm-hmm. and it had like kind of cheaper parts, like uh, I think the iron rods were made a little bit like cheaper or quicker because they just wanted to get the boat out they wanted to make their money and they didn't have time to like keep it in port and keep it kind of just wasting money sitting there Mm -hmm. um so the californian reportedly didn't come to aid because of the dangerous iceberg terrain all around it which all of the captains knew about including captain smith who was the captain of the titanic Mm -hmm. so he knew about this and Mm -hmm. since um like the californian told them radioed them a bunch of times about the icebergs and for some reason the radio operator on the titanic told them to shut up (laughs) because they were busy doing something else isn't that your job radio operator Uh, isn't that your one job what are you busy doing (laughs) i don't i i literally don't understand (laughs) like i don't know um yeah i don't know it was a little it was a little eh. and like everybody i don't know this was like a part of newfoundland actually that everybody Mm -hmm. knows has a lot of icebergs and like it has a lot of uh like really scary terrain going on and like it's just not a secure place to be like driving your ship um a couple other interesting things um the binoculars were locked up because the man who held the key was bumped from the crew at the last minute. 
And he just um, kept his the key. ship. He was just like, yeah. Apparently, he was just like, I'm just gonna keep this. this is mine <laughs> I'm just gonna now. hold on to this. And they Some couldn't. They couldn't buy another pair of binoculars. They were just like, okay, that was our one it, chance. I guess we're just not having it. <laughs> binoculars. <laughs> I guess so. Some people say it would have helped. Some people say it wouldn't have helped. So mm, okay. whatever. We won't blame the binocular guy, I guess. Um, the ship was going way too fast for an iceberg-heavy zone, mm. apparently because the captain, Captain Smith, wanted to beat the record previously held by the Olympic, ironically, the ship that he is steering which is called the Titanic. <laughs> Pretty crazy. But yeah, he was going way too fast, ignoring all the radio calls. Like, he just wanted to, like, beat some other record. The iceberg warnings were ignored, apparently because the message was not marked as urgent. I don't know if I completely believe that. <laughs> I guess it's, like, icebergs. Like, how many other messages pretty... were you getting? I feel like you should have been able to hear them all and i know i don't really get it Who and then the californian to? turned off their radio for the rest of the night and They're they like, were we don't need so that close <laughs> and they saw the identifier flares being like raised into the sky and they were like oh it's just the titanic like identifying itself and they went to bed once the ship sank jp morgan got one million pounds from insurance money <laughs> Less than he wanted, way bigger disaster than ever could have been anticipated or planned. Um, but the theory is that the real Titanic went on to serve for 24 years before being scrapped in 1935. So the real Titanic was actually unsinkable. Might have I, well, it never had the chance to get legacy. sunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Okay, so another theory includes this rich guy that I mentioned during the beginning, J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just a very, a very wealthy, wealthy man. And there were several well-known millionaires who were counted among the 1,503 people dead. Um, the, this guy, uh, Jacob Astor, Isidore Strauss, and Benjamin Guggenheim were all aboard. And these people were builders of hotels and skyscrapers, bankers, Macy's department store owners, Ooh. builder of mining machinery. Very, very rich men. J.P. Morgan was also supposed to be on the ship, but he delayed his journey at the last mm. minute. So the theory is that he knew the ship was going to sink and he wanted them on it so that he could secure his place as the richest man. Did after my theory <laughs> after the Titanic yeah. sunk, did he go into any of those industries? Like, did he like buy hotels or? He actually was bankrupt two years after the Titanic sunk. Oh, which was a really big deal because he um, single-handedly apparently helped with a financial crisis in 1907, and like the ship business just like ran him dry. Even after he got like the insurance money that he so desperately wanted. <laughs> So is it karma? Possibly, if he did it. But also a lot of people <laughs> don't think that he did it. <laughs> they were like, that's crazy. He's just he's just a guy. Like, he's just chilling, whatever. I think that someone conspired to maybe kill them all. And J.P. Morgan got lucky. And um, maybe because he was in on the insurance fraud and he didn't want to be there just in case, like, something mm-hmm. went happened, in case, like, the ship actually, like, sank a lot faster than they thought it was going to or something else happened either way it didn't end the thing the way that he wanted it to and it didn't end well for him because the titanic didn't end up collecting as much as it could have and the ship 
was gone, which I'm sure set back business <laughs> much <Yeah>. farther. <laughs> Man, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure that he intended to kill those people. I don't know. I don't know, though, because, know. like, as sad as it is, I feel like, I mean, I'm basing all of my knowledge of the Titanic off of the movie. Let me just premise it yeah. with that. But I feel like there was a very big division on the Titanic between wealthy and not wealthy people. Yeah. And I feel like in 1912, people didn't necessarily give that much of a shit about wealthy people. I mean, wealthy people still don't. Wealthy people just don't give that much of a shit <laughs> about unwealthy people. Yeah. And yeah. the lifeboats primarily saved wealthy people. That's true, because the people who were not wealthy were in, like, the, the lower mm-hmm. deck, and they were And the rich first. people got to, like, go first. Yeah. I mean, the women, and then, yeah, but, like... Women and the children, yeah. Women and children. But... Interesting. That's just, it could yeah, be that they didn't care. As long as yeah, the and they were like, fuck it. Saved. Just gotta get rid of this shit. Gotta get my insurance money. So he can acquire so, more wealth and buy more things those. and feel exactly. the same amount of wealth. <laughs> it's like, bro, just chill. So that those are those two theories. Pretty mm. interesting. Um, that's where they kind of come to an end. A lot of people do not believe the J.P. Morgan one. But there's one more piece of evidence that I forgot to talk about, about the okay. California, or sorry, about the Olympic and the Titanic, which mm-hmm. is that the photographs... Um, where they took pictures of the ships being built um they look like they've been switched and the real titanic had like evenly spaced out portholes in the last five portholes at the front of the ship and the olympics were clustered and the ship that took sail as the titanic had the clustered portholes so people are like why the fuck would they change it at the last second Mm -hmm. and like why would they do it like this blah 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 like it must have been rushed out in the last minutes also on the Olympic and the other boat that was a part of, like, the the fleet, um, the names were carved into the hull. But with the Titanic, it was just painted on to the top part. So they're saying it was just, like, a cover-up. Wouldn't you still be able to see the other name if it was carved into the hull? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it makes sense... Especially if he was trying to, like, fulfill a big reputation. I feel like it's completely possible that he switched the ships. Even if he didn't intend to, like, sink it for the insurance money. If Mm -hmm. he knew that the ship needed, like, the Titanic was supposed to sail and all these people had paid all this money and people were calling it, like, the unsinkable ship and they were so excited. like That it wasn't ready. Yeah. It would, like, they're just ships. Like, it would make sense that he might switch them. Just so that he could have a ship ready for the people who paid for it. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was already running behind. Like, it was already yeah. losing money. Like, there's a lot of factors yeah, that and I totally feel like makes sense. That fact in itself is not necessarily, like, a bad thing or, like, incriminating at yeah. all. But He just wanted to make Yeah, you know, he just wanted money. to fulfill. <laughs> just wanted a ship to sail and get these people to the place. Right. I guess it didn't matter if it was the Titanic yeah, or the like, Olympic at the end of the like, day. It's like, a boat. <laughs> like, it's a name for a boat. Um, but, yeah, it seems like... Either the Titanic had really bad luck or it was planned. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so many yeah. little 
factors that went wrong. Like so many of them went wrong. So it's either really bad luck or there's a little something going on there. Yeah. Like to not have the right flares, to not have the binoculars, to ignore the radio. Ignore the calls. Like it's probably because a lot of people were in on it. They mm-hmm. had this idea of what was actually going to happen and maybe they were only maybe they thought that the Californian was only sending out the like iceberg warnings because they figured it was just to have the recordings of that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like just in, genuine in concern. Or something. Like if there was just supposed to yeah, be a little accident, true. they still might have wanted mm. to be like, hey, don't also hit There's the icebergs. icebergs. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah, go yeah. down. You but know, the guy was make like, sure it's only the tiny accident. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know, right? Hmm. Very sad. Very sad. I'm still confused so, yeah, about the other ship those. disappearing. That part really confused me. I mean, me, me I feel too. Like we I don't known. know if that was like a very well-founded theory. There's another theory about someone like people seeing something in the water. Like a couple of people, a couple of passengers has, have attested to the fact that they saw uh, something called a U-boat, a German U-boat, um, oh. which is something that they used in the First World War. And I guess the theory is that like, even though they missed it by two years, like the tragedy was before the First World War, um, the German U-boat was actually behind the ship's sinking and they thought that it um, torpedoed the Titanic and like that was... See, I feel like that that theory they would have been able to verify with the fact that they've been down to see the Titanic. Like, I feel like the damage from a torpedo might be very different than the damage from an iceberg or like rubbing against something. Mm. But how would you know, you know? Like, something's been under the ocean for so long. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I don't... I just feel like science and technology, they can, like, recreate things. I don't know. Like, they, like, recreate, like, people's voices and, like, like faces off of, like, skulls that are, like, thousands of years old. I feel like they can figure out what took the Mm -hmm. Titanic down. Right? (laughs) I don't think they can, because a lot of people still think it's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Like, a lot of people are still like, why didn't the Californian come help? Like, why didn't they see the iceberg? Like, why didn't they listen to the warnings? Yeah. Why didn't they have the right flares? Why didn't they have the binoculars? Why weren't they prepared at all with the lifeboats? Like, with the nothing? Why were they going so fast? Why were they... Why were they? Just so many questions. Just why? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one of hmm. the other theories that the, the, the submarine may have deliberately targeted the luxury liner... Or possibly accidentally collided with it. Hmm. Interesting point. There's another that's theory it. that's a little bit that has been disproven, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway. <laughs> okay. um, so there was this archaeologist, and uh, no, sorry, he was a British art collector and museum professional, mm-hmm. and he decided to take this mummified princess um, <laughs> on the ship, and he wanted to take it to England in the early 1900s after being excavated from Egypt. So the theory is that the boat was cursed by this princess who was stolen to be taken and put into this other like area or whatever. It was later disproven because there was no mummy on the boat. <laughs> that also wasn't the route. The boat was going from England to North America. He wanted to bring the mummy from Egypt to England? So he went from England to North America? No, he like, no, it was excavated from Egypt. And like, yeah. he took it from Egypt. And then yeah. I guess wanted to take it 
to Canada? Wherever the Titanic was going. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> I guess he just wanted to get away and like have it for himself. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't buy it. I never one. made it though. <laughs> yeah, that one's not great. And then the last one I want to share with you guys is um one of the more interesting ones, I think. There was okay. speculation that this man, Morgan Robertson, mm. predicted the entire thing. Ooh, okay. Yeah. He wrote a book in 1898 called Futility. Mm-hmm. And in it, there's a ship called the Titan two letters away from being the Titanic, billed as unsinkable in the book, set across the Atlantic, hits an iceberg, and goes down, and most of the passengers perish. I feel like I've heard about this before. You might have. And, like, the fictional ship was almost identical to the real one, including dimensions, lack of lifeboats, and the speed at which it was traveling when it hit the iceberg pretty fucking crazy and like this book is renowned like very few copies exist (laughs) people are like keeping it in like the special book place of the world and stuff like that and then a couple years later like when the uh, ship when the the titanic sank people were like robertson robertson you predicted it and he was like no i didn't i just know what i'm talking about and they were like you have psychic abilities and he was like no i don't (laughs) Like, he was not about it at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I get why he wasn't about it. Yeah, basically, like, yeah. accusing him of predicting the death of so many people and not doing I, anything about yeah. it. But <laughs> He's yeah, like, no, pretty I wild. just know what I'm talking about. I know. I know. It was so crazy. I was like, jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, yeah, that's about it. Um, Let me know what you guys think. I mean, look into the look into the theory a little bit more the olympic being switched with the titanic i don't know if it goes as far as like the insurance money thing like we were saying maybe it was just Mm -hmm. an innocent switch because they just needed to get a boat out and it didn't matter what boat it was but i thought that was pretty cool and i love learning about the titanic it's like such it's like one of those stories that just like grips the whole world you know it's still kind of low-key a mystery like it's just so interesting and like it's the most deaths <laughs> or like it's a lot of deaths but like uh, other ships have sunk in the atlantic and the deaths were like two 60 <laughs> yeah 15 <laughs> but it was never to the scale of the, like this 1500 people that's a lot of people pretty fucked up the world is scary yeah on that tragic note (laughs) okay would you like to conclude yes i will conclude and that brings us to the end of the podcast everybody thank you for listening to courtney's opinion on the 40 hour work week and how we have evolved past it and we need to start looking at some alternatives and thanks for listening to my uh dive into the titanic conspiracy theories and you know some of the more believable ones some of the less believable ones let us know what you think on our instagram about these two and you can find us at very.unimportant.people that's our instagram you can find us on twitter at the unimportant ppl you can email us at haters click here at gmail.com that's h-a-t-r-s click here at gmail.com and you can find us on tiktok 
And thanks again to our musical guest, Lemon Lord. You can also find them on Instagram at I am Lemon Lord. So please drop a follow, click on the link in the description. Thank you so much. Have a great. Have a great. <laughs>